This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spill the Baby Tea, a podcast where we kindly talk about all things motherhood and parenthood. My name is Helen Wu Wang. I am a mom to a 14 and a half month old baby boy, and I'm here to create a space where we can all share, connect, and feel a little less alone. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about traveling with a toddler. My husband and I, we just did a six hour cross country trip to Boston, and it was our first flight with a very squirmy toddler. I'll share everything I've learned from the best times to book your flight, tips to swiftly get through the airport, my five most used items on the airplane, and so much more. We're in this together, so let's get this episode started. As with every episode of Spill the Baby Tea, we are going to start with our giggle and drool of the week. And for this week, I'm going to start with my drool. Switching things up so we can end on a high note. My drool of the week is that my baby is entering the stage where his molars are coming in and he has also reached peak separation anxiety mode. Ever since he was a baby, he operated very independently and he was not as affectionate as I came to expect from babies that I've encountered. I would put my finger in the palm of his hands and his reflexes to grasp would be there, but he wouldn't hold on for too long. He's also very social. At any social event, he would let anyone and everyone hold him. He was never super clingy to me, which not gonna lie, I was kind of sad about at first because I'm like, I'm your mom. But right around 14 months, I could not put him down. He is stuck to me like glue. And a part of me loves it. So this is kind of a giggle of the week too, but my true drool of the week is that it's been very tough for me to see him during the day because as I've mentioned, I am working from home and we have someone helping care for him from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Anytime I go downstairs from my bedroom slash office to get coffee or make breakfast or get lunch, he will just cry so hard and it's so much mom guilt every single time. So there are days where I've literally not eaten breakfast because I don't want him to miss me when he sees me. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And obviously, I give him all my love and attention once I clock out of my work meetings until his bedtime. But these days, it's it's been hard. It's been hard to work and hard to eat too, I guess. But I'm working through it 
I'm thinking about maybe putting a mini fridge in my room or something. Would love to hear some tips from other parents out there who are also working from home and dealing with um, a kid with separation anxiety. My giggle of the week is that I think I am finally hitting the stage of acceptance and really enjoying the moments that I'm spending with my son. If you're a working parent and you have deadlines and responsibilities and a certain standard you try and uphold for your career and your output, there is a transitionary phase that can be slower to happen once you have kids, transitioning to a state when you can really be present and enjoy the moments with your child. And just a bit of background here, I used to use a lot of my quote-unquote free time to catch up or get ahead on work on the weekends. Every weekend, you could find myself and my husband, I guess fiancé then, at a cafe getting uninterrupted work done. And that was completely normal for us. So again, this might sound sad or bad, but the first year of having a child for us, there was always a bit of hesitation with just doing things for fun and for family. And it's because you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is the time that I normally would be spending catching up on work or something, you know? I mean, you don't become a parent or a mom overnight. So as you can imagine, all of what we expected weekends to be like, that transition to not having our regular weekend routine is very sudden. And realistically, it took me, I guess, I guess a year or so to find my footing and this new balance. And in doing so, I think I'm finally at a place where I can say, I really appreciate that our son, he's forced us to slow down and be present, which has always been a hard thing for me to do. And I also feel like both my husband and I worked through this mental shift and transforming our mindset of what our free time looks like now. And perhaps at the same speed, because this past weekend, we did a spontaneous trip down to Oceanside to get fish, tacos, and lobster, and just explore a new city with our son. And we were the most present that we've ever been. And when we got back, we had a quiet moment. And he said to me, I really appreciate the family time that we're making. Time for us and time for our son. And I couldn't have agreed with him more. As a parent, trying to balance everything can really eat you and your relationships up alive. And this moment was a nice moment of coming together and appreciating the journey that it takes to get to this mindset. Acknowledging that both of us have become more skilled, I guess, at bifurcating our work brains so that we can be more present for our child. So that's my giggle of the week. So on today's episode, we will be talking about traveling with a toddler. As I mentioned, I was in Boston a couple of weeks ago for my grandma, my dad's mom, whom I called my Nyan Nyan. That's some hoisan wa for y'all, my Nyan Nyan. We traveled there for her 90th birthday. Her only wish was to have all her kids and grandkids come and join her to celebrate. So we all did, and it was such an amazing time seeing everyone again. Boston is also home for me, so it was a nice reason to go back and also have our little one experience his first snowfall. It was so adorable. He was so cold, but it was so adorable. Back in the day, I used to pack the night before I did a cross-country flight. But times are different now. And as someone who really believes in the statement of failing to plan is planning to fail, I did extensive research at the trusty Google University and also put a call out to the community on my Instagram and received just so many amazing tips, which 
I used, and I am so excited to summarize the best of these tips for all of you. So let's first talk about pre-travel prep, booking your flight. We flew One Direction during the morning, a 7 a.m. flight, and we flew back on a 6 p.m. flight. I think a lot of people say to book the a.m. flights because babies are better rested. They just woke up from a nice long nighttime sleep. They are happier and therefore more adaptable. And based on my experience with these two flights, I would say I agree. It is best not to book a flight with a toddler during the witching hour, which is typically around the 3 to 7 p.m. window because they tend to be fussier then. My child, during our second flight, he was not fussy, but he was active, so hyped, so energetic, very different compared to the AM flight. He did, however, sleep longer on the 6 p.m. flight because it was basically his bedtime. And once he was finally calm and asleep in our arms, he slept for two hours straight out of the six hours. And on the flight there, the morning flight, he slept two short 20-minute naps, which wasn't the easiest since he was still pretty active between the naps. I will say the other downside of booking a morning flight is that it's also very early. We had to get up at... 4.30 in the morning, which, yes, we have become much more accustomed to rising earlier in the day nowadays as former night owls, but 4.30 is freaking early. And it's funny because the night before, I guess it's not funny at all, but the night before, it was almost as if our baby knew something was going to happen. He had been a great sleeper, sleeps through the night, but the night before the flight at 12 a.m., he woke up crying his little eyes out, took an hour for us to get him back down. And then we had to wake him up again at 5 a.m. So early flights are rough just because you'll likely have to wake up your baby from their normal night sleep. All that to say, I think I would still choose the morning flight again because of how hyperactive and potentially fussy your baby can be on a post 3 p.m. flight. And unless you like risk, it is a risk to take. With booking seats, so for those of you who don't know, airlines allow lap infants. And lap infants are defined as under 24 months of age and flying without their own seats. So basically, you're holding on to your baby or toddler under two years old throughout the entire flight. For us, we traveled with a 14-month-old. And 14 months is right around the age where it gets pretty difficult to hold on to an infant for an elongated period of time. When we bought the ticket, he was still a pretty calm baby. But the weeks leading up to the flight, I was like, whose baby is this? We knew that if we were to buy him his own seat, though, we would have to buy a travel car seat. None of ours are FA approved. We have the Nuna Pippa Light RX, and we also have the Cybex Serona, and they are not FA approved, meaning we can't bring ours onto an airplane. There's usually a sticker on your car seat that says FAA approved. Or you can check online to see if it's approved or not. I think the sticker is hard to find or hard to see or the text is really small. I don't know. I don't have it. (laughs) So we ended up not going that route and to take advantage of the lap infant freebie feature instead. Other maybe more obvious reasons for why we didn't get him his own seat other than the whole travel seat that you would need to bring. Obviously, the price of the seat, we would have shelled out another $600, which honestly... Yes, we could have done, but what I'm realizing about myself as I'm getting older, and I think I can speak for my husband as well, is that no matter how much wealth we accumulate, we could be like the richest people in the world, but that frugal, heavily influenced by our immigrant parents, 
Asian side of us. We'll always have a drawer full of plastic bags. We'll always look for a sale. We'll always take advantage of a lap infant deal, (laughs) is how I see it, if we are fully capable of managing it. So we were kind of like, oof, let's just try it once. And maybe next time we can buy the extra seat. Because who knows, right? We haven't tried it out. We don't know if it's actually going to be difficult or not. So that was one of the reasons, our frugality. Thirdly, all of those points aside, it was also a little too late. (laughs) The seat next to us was already taken. Womp womp. So lesson learned there. If you want to buy your toddler a seat, book early so you can reserve a whole row and book it, especially if they sit and sleep well in their FAA-approved car seat. It will make a world of a difference. On both of our flights, we were actually lucky enough to have the middle seat between us open both ways, which was incredible. It is a risk, but we went to the gate desk and we asked the flight attendants if it'd be possible to sit us together, acknowledging that we have a lap infant. At first, it was kind of awkward. It was just something we've never asked before, but they were so accommodating. I'm sure they deal with these types of incidences all the time, and they always want families to be comfortable and sit together. Our first flight, the middle seat person ended up not checking in, so the flight attendants, they didn't have to move anyone, and it was also a full flight, so that was just such a blessing. It was so amazing um, to have that middle seat open. And on the flight back, there was an aisle seat across from us that was open. So the person sitting in our row very much voluntarily moved over so he wouldn't be in the same row as a baby. It takes a bit of an ask, whether you're asking the people in your row or asking the flight attendants pre-boarding. It can be uncomfortable. So to each their own, check on your own level of comfort in extending the ask. But my take on it is that you can always ask, just don't expect anything in return. I don't know about you, but it feels like a lot of my friends are now getting on that baby train. If you have a friend who is also expecting or have little ones still in diapers, I always recommend Pampers Swathers. With Pampers Swathers, you can also rest assured that this diaper will prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swathers has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. And they have a blowout barrier, which is an innovative back pocket built into the diaper to help prevent those messy leaks up the back. Did you know that on average, babies will use up to 8,000 plus diapers before becoming potty trained? That is a lot. That's why Pampers Diaper Stash is the hottest baby gift for 2024. So give a gift to a loved one that says, we see you and we've got you. Pampers Diaper Stash is an online diaper fund that all parents with little ones will love. You can organize friends and family to contribute to a group gift of an online stockpile that never has to run out. Pampers Diaper Stash is great because it takes the guesswork out of choosing what size and how many diapers to gift. It's so easy to do and it's the gift that always fits. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well, 
Welcome back, everyone. All right, so a question someone asked me was, what are the things that you brought onto the plane versus what was in your check-in? And also, were you able to send things to your destination? We brought to the gate our stroller and a non-car seat seat, if that makes sense. I don't know what they're called. At our destination, we were able to coordinate for one of my sister's friends to drop off their old but not yet expired car seat for us to use. So when my parents came to Logan Airport in Boston to pick us up, we already had a baby car seat installed and ready to go. And on our end, getting from our home to the airport, to LAX, we had our baby in his car seat, we parked the car at LAX, and then we pushed him through the airport in his stroller seat combo, leaving the car seat in the car. We debated whether or not we needed to bring any of it because we had the option of having a stroller at our destination as well. But the hubs and I, we actually like having the stroller to get through the airport. We have the Cybex stroller and the undercarriage part is large. So it holds a bunch of stuff, keeps us all more hands-free, which is always helpful when you're traveling with a baby. Once we get to the gate, we fold up the stroller and put the entire stroller system in a car seat bag, which you can find online on Amazon or something. We have one that's called the Gorilla Grip, and it comes with these durable straps so you can wear it as a backpack. I would definitely recommend getting a bag like this if you plan to gate check your items. It lightly protects your items. I've heard some horror stories about people's strollers being ruined after they got it back because they were literally just tossed around and potentially rained upon. But we personally haven't had any issues with ours in any of our travels whenever we gate check these items. We also really like valeting is what I feel it's like, valeting our stroller system at the gate and picking it up on the loading bridge once we land at our destination. Even before going through the airport, you don't have to wait till bag check. You can just pick up your stroller and car seat right when you get off the plane. Other things we carried onto the plane, we carried his diaper bag, which if you want to see everything that we packed in there, Check out my Instagram at H-W-U-W-U-H-W-W-U. I posted literally everything I packed in his diaper bag from snacks to toys to books to diapering to wipes and even some of my own personal items that went into that bag. And if you're looking for a travel diaper bag, I would highly recommend the one that we use. It's from No Reception Club. It's their getaway bag. The company is run by a wife and husband duo. They are Asian-owned and a small business, love supporting my peoples, love supporting small businesses. I've tried so many different types of diaper bags for travel too, and nothing compares to how much you can fit into this bag. So if you are looking for a diaper bag and you're listening to this podcast, I do have a code that a lot of my friends have been asking me for. It's Helen20 for $20 off. I will leave that in the show notes of the episode as well if you are interested. And it's funny because when I posted this bag on my Instagram, someone commented, tell me you're a first-time mom without telling me you're a first-time mom. And when I read that comment, I was like, yeah, totally. (laughs) Double tap like this more than once if I could. Because it is so true. I stuffed that bag like a freaking hot potato spilling over with cream cheese and all the yummy toppings. It was a little bit of an overkill, I will admit. But honestly, I end up using like 80% of what I packed in that bag. So maybe not overkill. There were also some comments that were like, not overkill, this is exactly what I pack as well. I think next time I will just probably remove a few toys, but fits under the seat in front of you as well so that you don't have to keep going to the overhead compartment. Also, pro tip that I received from other parents, as you're prepping your diaper bag, 
check out the dollar aisle from Target. They have a bunch of random small toys, poppet toys, waterless coloring books. These are fairly inexpensive items that can keep your baby entertained for a few minutes. So check out that aisle, which I already do every time I enter Target. Other than my diaper bag, I had my personal backpack, which held my iPad and my own electronics, my laptop. I usually don't like packing that stuff in case my check-in gets lost. My fanny pack, which is also from No Reception Club, I have my phone and other personal items in there. I also brought onto the plane my baby carrier. We use the baby Bajoran one. That's helpful if your baby falls asleep well in the carrier or just to get through the airport. And that was mostly it. Everything else was checked in, I would say, for your check-in, especially for baby clothes, since they're so small and can easily get lost in a large suitcase. Definitely use packing cubes, one for outfits, one for hats, gloves, bibs, socks, and other accessories. That will help to stay organized. Now, in terms of at the airport, what can you bring through security? TSA guidelines traveling with an infant or toddler is actually different from traveling by yourself with liquids. You are allowed to travel with more than 3.4 ounces of liquid as long as it's for your baby or toddler and within a reasonable amount. However, they will likely test the liquid that you have, so just be prepared for that. Both times I brought a thermos of cold milk. I've read and heard from friends that they brought those packages, individual packages of milk, and the TSA had to poke holes in every single one of them, basically ruining all of them. So I just brought a thermos and put cold milk in it. They had me open up the top and they waved some paper sensor thing over the top. And that was it. I was good to go. They didn't dip anything in there. I think it's like a new technology that is pretty common nowadays. Otherwise, I've heard that they would just pour out some of the liquid and test it that way. I also brought fruit and veggie pouches for my baby and no issues both ways. On the flight back, I had a full bottle of water unopened and the TSA agent just said to me, this for the kid? I said, yes, and he let me through. So read up on the guidance there. Some people say to have a copy of the rules prepared in case you encounter anyone who is not familiar with the rules. But yeah, liquids within a reasonable amount and if it's for your kid, is generally okay. Some airlines will also require that you have a separate ticket for your baby, even if they are a free lap infant. So you just have to go to the check-in counter, log in your info. You should have already marked that you'll be bringing a lap infant, and the machine will print out an extra ticket for your baby. We needed that ticket both ways. The first time we were running late and we did not know, so we had to go all the way back to the check-in counter carrying all of our stuff. So just know that ahead of time. And then the second time we went on the flight, we had it ready and the agent was like, oh, you've done this before. I was like, oh yeah, I learned my lesson hard the first time. (laughs) And so when you get to the security part, it is a whole ordeal. I feel like even without a kid, it's like a mini challenge every time. You can feel the heat of everyone's eyes judging your efficiency or lack thereof to take off your shoes and take your laptop out of your backpack. And oh, you got liquid, you got a bottle of water. Come on now. With a kid, I feel it tenfold. And who knows, maybe it's different for every person, but I definitely feel like it is a major challenge. What we did, and the TSA agent there kind of walked us through this too. So thank goodness for her, but we had our toddler in the stroller and we kept him in there until both my husband and I got everything onto the conveyor belt. Laptops, shoes, everything. Baby was the last to come out since we had to hold the baby and they had to inspect the stroller anyway. So if you plan to bring a stroller, keep her or him in there for as long as possible so that you can put everything on the belt without worrying about your baby. 
If you're not bringing a stroller, I would suggest using a baby carrier during this time of offloading things onto the belt. Also, if you have TSA PreCheck, that is a huge plus. You don't have to take off your carrier or shoes, so it is a lot easier. Philip has TSA, my husband has TSA, I don't, so we had to go my long route. I've finally signed up for a global entry. Hopefully I can get an appointment soon so that the process can even be swifter next time. On the flight, I would say this just feels like pure survival mode. At least it felt that way for us as parents flying for the first time with a toddler. Just know that nap schedules are going to go out the window. You're purely just trying to keep that little baby entertained and happy for as long as possible. I don't know. I don't really have a tip here, I guess, other than if you're traveling with someone, do a handoff, alternate naps if you can. I also always prefer window seat, which was helpful for me during these flights because our baby loved playing with the window shade. But I do feel like aisle is probably more ideal, especially if your toddler is walking already. They're going to want to move and frequently too. So having access to the walkway is probably ideal. Five best products to bring onto the plane. Other than my diaper bag, it would be one, a snack tower with all different types of snacks. Snack towers keep things more organized and you should definitely bring more snacks than your baby would normally consume in the same period of time as your flight time. Two, spinner toys are great for sticking on the window and keeping them entertained. Three, the My Big Wimmel books were a hit. We have the My Day at School one, and it's basically a larger size book with lots and lots to see on every page. So he loved looking for flowers and stars and moons and balls and calling them out when he saw them. And it was very cute, and he was very much entertained for the period of time when we had the book out. Four, we have the No Recession Sidekick bag, which is basically a fanny pack with easy access to wipes and a pocket for diapers and baby ointment or whatever you typically use for diapering. Whenever we needed to go to the airport bathroom, we just grabbed this one bag and knew that everything was in it. So we weren't fumbling to grab a diaper from one pocket and then wipes from another, which we made the mistake of doing during one of our prior flights. So lesson learned there, have it all in one small bag to just take to the bathroom. Five, bring all the wipes. As we're entering the plane, usually I'm the one holding our baby in his carrier, and my husband, he goes first. He uses disinfectant wipes to wipe down every part of our seat. The table, the windows, the seat belt buckle, the armrest, the top of the chairs even, because our baby likes putting his mouth on that when he's standing. And then I slowly follow behind, take advantage of the early boarding to do this. We also had the boogie wipes for hands and face and small hand cloths, which we use for spills. Super important to have wipes to clean up messes and to disinfect things. Those are my top five items that we used on our flight. If you follow me on my Instagram and click on the link in my bio, I have a section that will bring you to my Amazon page dedicated to toddler travel. You can find everything summarized there. Overall, I'm just going to say travel days are just, they're going to be weird. They're just weird days. If you're a stickler for schedule, which usually I am, try and be a bit more lenient on travel days. I honestly love traveling with my baby once we get to our destination because seeing the world through your baby's eyes is one of the most beautiful gifts that life has to offer. But setting expectations for, for the travel and the type of trip you're expecting is very key. 
And a piece of advice that a mommy friend gave to me about traveling with a toddler that I'll share with you now is to expect the worst, hope for the best. That mindset will already get you ahead of the curve. Also, it is completely normal, I definitely want to say this, to feel overwhelmed. If you have to get up early for a flight and you're just so worried that you don't have everything with you, just know that most places you'll end up going to with a baby or a kid, you will likely be able to buy whatever you need the same day. Yes, it will be a little bit more inconvenient, but keeping that in mind, knowing that you are going to be able to find diapers and baby food and things like that, hopefully will give you some peace of mind. It feels like I have covered so much on this episode. I could honestly probably go on for another hour about travel-related things that I've learned, but hopefully these tips were helpful to some of you out there. Nothing about travel with kids is easy. It's not, but it is always worth it. Hopefully this helps you as you're preparing for your travels. The more you know and the better prepared you are, the better your experience will be not only for yourself, but for your kid too. This is only our first flight with a toddler and we have so much more to learn. So especially for you veteran parent travelers out there, please let us know your travel tips and tricks. Anything I haven't mentioned on this episode, let us know. And you can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode over at Asian Boss Girl. You can also follow me, Helen, at HWooWoo. And as you know by now, we have shows out every Tuesday and our main show on Thursday. Let's continue learning from one another and helping each other through this journey of parenthood. And thanks everyone for tuning in this week. From me and my little bubs, (laughs) bye for now.